We are so blessed. Well, Cody, speaking of Sky, hello, Sky Moore. Welcome to the Kansas City Chiefs. Had the biggest game of his career, five receptions on six targets for 63 yards. Hello, our guy came alive tonight. I three third down catches. Guy Moore lives. I had, um, I think on this podcast, I had officially killed his season. I said, RIP, Sky Moore's 2022. It was fun. Um, we'll see you next year. Good luck. That was with the emergence of Kadarius Tony, who, of course, left this game injured due to SoFi's terrible, I assume, field conditions. Again, Kayla, you were on the field, so we'll get an update on that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I look, Sky Moore sh- showcased some of the skills of why you drafted him. Specifically, probably when he left Derwin James, the same guy, the aforementioned Derwin James, broke his ankle a little bit and made a nice little double move to get a third down and eight reception that they desperately needed. To me, I'm not like thinking this is going to be the new Sky Moore. He obviously got the benefit of the targets because so many guys were gone, including Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith-Schuster and McCall Hardman. But he does have skill. That is a new development. Because the only thing we had said before is he had skill on paper, not skill on the field, because he only had 100 yards. This was the first time I actually watched him do something. He was effective in essentially every single one of his targets. As you mentioned, just six targets, five catches, three of which were for third down catches. Two of them were in big moments. So to me, that is clearly the most promise he's shown and a welcome sight. Yeah, and it and it wasn't just that Mahomes was looking his way or he had a bad matchup, like he was picking on a really bad cornerback for the Chargers. Like he looked really impressive doing it. Yeah. That was the first time where I felt like, with the exception of maybe there was one play, it, it was early in the season. It may have been the Raiders game where he had a a nice catch on the sideline and he showcased like some some wiggle and made a guy miss. And you say, okay, that's why you drafted him because he looks like a legit weapon tonight. He looked like a legit weapon. Yeah. He was he was very crisp in his route running, and he just looked like a pro. He didn't look like a rookie. And I don't know if that's because all of a sudden something's starting to click with him or if it's just opportunity. Because it, there, he hasn't played enough to the point, I mean, you can talk about the punt returns and the kick returns all you want. He hasn't played enough to really make a definitive answer on, hey, this guy doesn't have it, he doesn't look ready. We've just been sort of going off the fact that he hasn't been getting the opportunity and trying to draw conclusions based off that. After Sunday night, though, he looked like a guy who belongs. He looked like a guy who I want to see more of. And I don't know exactly who he's going to play over because right now it seems like every other week it's a new guy who we're sort of praising. It's Juju. It's MVS. It's it's Justin Watson. It's Kadarius Tony now. Nicole Hardman's had his moments. So I don't know what you do with him from here. But that was the first time where we could all sort of collectively look at this guy and say, well, he can play. I don't know if he's going to do it every week and I don't know what his role is going to be, but this looks like a guy who belongs and who you can sort of use to, to beat teams across the course of the season. Cause that's a, I know that the numbers haven't been good for the chargers defense, but they have some talented players in the secondary and sky Moore was able to get his own. They're much better in pass defense than run defense. That was known going into it. So, I mean, it was always going to be a little bit more work. And again, one of those plays he beat Derwin James on. Like, he beat he beat the guy, right? The, the, the one you have to beat. And that was on the third and eight. So, like, it wasn't just a nothing moment. It eventually led to a scoring drive for the Chiefs that they were able to complete that. Did he stand out more than others? No. He had the same yardage pretty much as Justin Watson. Had similar yardage to Jody Fortson. 
Like these are the kind of guys that, you know, we don't think have big, huge roles in the offense planned this year, next year, ever. Right. They have roles. They have their parts. But we like that sounds like a negative. But we hadn't even seen that for Sky Moore. The conversation of the last couple of weeks is he has no place. He is a he is a person without a home. They don't even have like a couple of like because Tony showed up and they had a role for him. Tony showed up and they're like, all right, here are the five, six, seven plays we like. We're going to use you in those. We're going to get you the ball in those situations. And we're good. And with Sky, they were never even making an effort. I think part of what happened here, Nick, is the place they don't put him in these games because of the competition is the slot. And then they put him in the slot today, and that's a good spot for him. I think what's running into is the opportunities he's been given snap-wise are all on the outside. And that's not a strength. The outside requires more crisp route running, more beating your guy in man every time. And in the slot, there's movement and flexibility and matchups and you get to kind of work the whole part of the field. And I think because of those injuries to Tony and McColl, he got more time there. And you see MVS on the outside, quiet, right? Not as much. It's not those guys did, but I think once they moved him inside, there was, there was more for Sky more to do. I have two follow-ups. Did any of us have Sky on our bingo cards last week as to who will step up in the wide no. receiver role? None no, of us picked no. him. No. Secondly, do we feel bad about being so critical of him? After what we saw tonight, I mean, he had a hundred yards just, coming in. Yeah, I mean, he still only has like hundred and seventy yards on the season. I don't think it's unfair to say he didn't have a role. But this is also like the reason why I don't feel bad, Kayla, is for the same thing we've said on this podcast. I never buried him. I buried this year. I said, all right, so he's not going to have an impact this year. So what? I went out of my way, as a matter of fact, to say, do not, do not interpret this as he has no future or can't be a good wide receiver. Because to me, some of that was just opportunity based Mm -hmm. or he was a rookie wide receiver coming in from a, they don't call it D two, but like coming in from a small school, you know, like that, that was going to be a tough transition for any player, let alone in an Andy Reid led offense. And so at least tonight I feel good because he showcased some of the skill set of why he got drafted in the second round. Yeah, I do. You know, I do. I do think I think we have a tendency to draw these grand conclusions in small sample sizes because it's all you have to go off of. And there is no better example of a small sample size player than Sky Moore, because not only is he not playing very much, you only have a half a season of, a, of an entire NFL career. Like that's that's what we're boiling. That's what we're trying to make decisions based off of. So he's not playing. And we've got 10 games to go off of, and yet we're sitting here saying, okay, this and that about him. Some of it does seem a little bit silly, especially for a team that expects to compete for a Super Bowl, which tells you like, they're not going to wait on you to develop. If you're not ready right now, they're going to move on with the guys who are ready. And then a year from now, two years from now, whenever it feels like you're ready, then they're going to put you in there. But he's in a weird situation where he's not really being allowed to play through his mistakes, which is understandable for a team that knows like every single game matters. And we're not just like trying to build something here. We're trying to maintain something. So I think it's, it's interesting in, in the same way that I'm not ready to say that all of a sudden he's going to be, you know, a weapon the rest of the season, just because he had a good game versus the chargers. I'll say this. You could tell him in a lot to him. Couldn't you on yeah. that second, third down, man, he like the emotion he was showing on the field. Proved that it meant something to him. Like 
And, and I know we say that, but like confidence in the NFL could mean a lot. Like I belong to me. If I, if I'm sky Moore, like if I'm going home at night, I'm telling myself, okay, yeah, I'm an NFL player. That would have been the first time I felt like an NFL player. I helped us win the division. I helped us beat a team on the road. I was the second leading receiver only behind Travis Kelsey, future Hall of Famer, Travis Kelsey. Like you could see how much it meant to him just based on the way he was just on the the emotion he was showing on the field. I would actually feel like that was my arrival moment if I were Sky Moore. Someone else who had a big game tonight, Isaiah Pacheco had the Chiefs first 100 yard was the Chiefs first 100 yard rusher since week four of 2021 last how year. How was that? How does that happen? I don't know. Uh, 15 carries, 170, 107 yards, not 70. Um, little uh, sideline tidbit here. He was talking to oh. someone before the game and it looked like they were praying. I'm not saying I'm just saying. Mm, so it worked. The Lord was on our side. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about, but it did look like they were praying. They were having a very like intimate moment. That you apparently watched in deep conversation. <laughs> I was interrupting. Yes. Uh, that's fine. I think when you're an athlete, that's pretty normal. Um, this is why we've been asking for more Pacheco. And I know it sucks that Clyde got hurt because we both simultaneously have to say like tomorrow, right? Or today we'd be like, all right. So just first things first, Clyde's hurt. A uh, good news. He's your least important running back. Um, sorry, but it's true. Also, he is officially injury prone. I've made it very clear that for a third consecutive year, he missed significant time, which a high ankle sprain will do. Congratulations. Rubber stamp it. You're stuck with it. You're injury prone. You have not been able to make it through a full season in the NFL for the third consecutive year. Doesn't really matter what the injury is. But from the Pacheco front, great news. He still misses some moments where he literally just runs as fast as he can. And if you waited for another half second, he'd probably get some more yards. But what a tough day it would be to complain about that because he had 107 yards and averaged seven yards a carry. I think I'm good. I'm good with what Isaiah Pacheco offered. Between him and McKinnon, they make a complete back. Rushing and pass protection. I mean, not Pacheco on the one pass protection because he's still some rookie stuff. He got destroyed by Derwin James, who's come up a lot on this podcast, by the way, on the sack that eventually still led to a score. And he made a huge blunder in the special teams when he caught a ball inbounds and then tiptoed out of bounds that felt like that could have been a turning moment of the game right before half. But he ran like the way you want him to run. He'll figure out the rest of it, right? That's where we all are. He'll figure out the rookie stuff. He's a good runner. He's very fast. He runs hard and in the right direction. I think this is the game. I think this will be the turning point for uh, the coaching staff turning to him. He's the, he's the lead back now. Because you saw... Even if you didn't intend for it, like if you're Andy Reid and you didn't go into the game intending to completely hand the backfield over to him, you saw what happened when you did. You saw what happened when he was the only back getting consistent carries for four quarters. And you saw how the game turned in the second half when you didn't go away from the running game. I feel like that's going to just by default cause Andy Reid to say, okay, well, he's our guy now. Not because they said, you know what, we've seen enough, but because you are now faced with the reality of, oh, we sort of just kind of lucked into this and he is our best running back and our offense moves better when he's in there. Like, I think sometimes that's what it takes. Even if you're not planning on it happening, just seeing the results sort of play out in real time. 
lead you to make a decision that you wouldn't have made otherwise? It's why I keep wondering why Dallas had never made that shift to Tony Pollard, because it's like the fifth time we've watched Tony Pollard shine. When Ezekiel Elliott said, I'm like, it's done. I know you paid that guy a lot of money, but no one cares. The better running back on your team is Isaiah Pacheco. And Nick, it's not just one game. Like you've said, it's two consecutive games. He's been the lead back. He's averaging six yards a carry. He has 31 carries for 189 yards over the last two games. That's it. That's all you need to know. And I know it sucks that you don't get to use him in the passing game the way you would like to use a running back in the passing game because that's not a skill set yet he's possessed or doesn't. But that's why you have Jerick McKinnon. I know it sounds like, well, then every time you're going to throw it to him, I'm like, no, just he's in and sometimes you're going to throw it to him. And if Pacheco's in, you can almost safely assume it's not going to the running back until it is. If anything, it'll just give Andy that secret weapon. They'll get to a postseason game. They will have never thrown a single pass to Pacheco. And just watch. I'll just call it now. They'll get in a divisional round playoff game. And Pacheco will have one catch for 12 yards in the entire damn season. And on some third and nine, the defense is just going to straight up not guard Isaiah Pacheco because there's no reason to. And for that moment, Mahomes is going to throw it to him and he's absolutely going to convert it. Like there's to me, Nick, I already felt like they should have been there last week. But with Clyde now gone with a high ankle sprain, which we know for running backs is typically a month, like he's gone for a month. Just as long as Pacheco doesn't bomb, there's no way he's not keeping that job forever. Is in getting 80% of the touches. I had a Pacheco tweet that was borderline dad joke that I deleted because I didn't like the emoji I used. And then the game had <laughs> progressed and the moment was gone. But it said more like Pacheco. Mm. That's major oh. dad joke. <laughs> That's definitely a dad joke. I thought it really would have hit. By the way, what guys, was the emoji you didn't like? Uh, I think I used a fire emoji, but then I wanted to use the, like the eyes looking to the side emoji instead. Oh, that's the there was that one drive where he they were just giving him the ball every single time. Yeah. It was like, geez, where has this been? Um, I just turned to just using clips of Henry Winkler from Barry and Arrested Development. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use gifts of him from those two shows. He was not taking even pictures just with those. everybody. And I'm so mad at myself for not asking for a picture because he would have said yes. He was so would. nice. Why didn't you get a picture with the Fonz? I don't know. I will regret it forever. Nick would have gotten a picture with the Fonz. Yeah, that's you're never going to have that opportunity again. Uh, well, maybe I will. He's a huge Chiefs fan now, so he'll probably be at True. more games. Yeah, now that the floodgates have opened. Henry Winkler is like, he is like the new mascot. If they ever get rid of Casey Wolf, they'll replace him with Henry Winkler. <laughs> Honestly, I think we should start a petition now because I like that. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't want Henry to bang his head against the goalpost, though. Why are why are we sticking with the wolf? It has no connection to anything other than they just decided it. And people like the way he like wiggles his belly. But that's it. That's all it's got going. Other than that, I think we can admit here on this show, it's a mediocre mascot. And they should just switch uh, to Henry Winkler instead. <laughs> He's a better mascot. Okay. Also, side note. Can you guys help a girl out? I need to build up my Chiefs following. I have lots of Kings people following me. Okay. My Chiefs tweets don't get a lot of traction and it bothers me. Okay. Yes. Y'all could follow me and like my Chiefs tweets. That'd be great. Um, just, as long as Twitter's out there. Still, just as long as Twitter's still around in like a week, Kayla, Nick and I will help you out. Okay. Thank you, know. you so much. I really appreciate it. I'll hit you with like, just, just tell me which one you want me to retweet and we'll start there. Just be <laughs> like, hey, retweet this one. And you're like, okay, <laughs> sure. 
You got need it. to boost the following. Cody's tweets get like so many likes a tweet. I'm very jealous. Cody's a Is volume it? shooter though. Cody's like <laughs> he's J.R. Smith. You know, he might he might throw up 30, 40, and he may go 10 for 30, but on one of those, right, it's gonna be really impressive. Yeah, that's that's pretty much tonight. I have a bunch of tweets with like 30 likes and then like two with 2000 likes because I put up a lot of shots, Nick. Yeah. But sometimes okay. you get a ball. You know, Clay Thompson went 10 of 13 from three. Occasionally, yeah. you know, they just keep going in. <laughs> Tweet more. Got it. All right. Enough about our social media. 